Welcome to Grisha Cast. This is your host, Eric. And this is Fiona. This is your podcast for all things Grishaverse, a world created by the wonderful Lee Bardugo. Well, hello, Grisha Cast listeners. It is me, your host, Eric. Producer Chris. Yeah, he's here. Yay! I'm here every day. Yeah, so um, unfortunately, you know, I mean, as we talked about last episode fiona is no longer with us but we love her and um, she's still going to continue to follow us and stay abreast of everything that we're doing so she cares a lot about this um, podcast it might help on the sidelines of things so but in other news i do have a new host coming and that will begin next week and it's not just like just a random person that i picked it happens to be my best friend in the entire world who is going to be coming on and hosting with me. And she is incredible, and it's going to be so much fun just because we have a really good chemistry together. So you guys just get ready because it's going to be fun. Um, she has never read these books before, so that's going to be really neat for us, I think. Most of our, I believe most of us as listeners are rereading this. So now we're going to get the perspective also of someone reading it as we're going along and has never read these books before. So it's just exciting. I think it's great. Um, anyways, so um, that will be happening next week. So let's uh, go on into the episode. So recap of last week in the story. Um, things got real, you know. Uh, pretty much all of a sudden, you know, I mean, Alina and Mal were traveling through the woods, trying to escape the Darkling, trying to find the stag. And then what happens? They find it and whoo, all of a sudden the Darkling kills it. Alina gets her amplifier. She's not too excited about it because it's not really given to her at her will. It's under the Darkling's will. And now the Darkling has control over her power. And that is where we ended it. And it was, whew, a lot went on. And just a heads up, this episode has a lot too. I've got extensive notes and quite a bit of um, quotes. (laughs) So for those of you out there that like it when I quote the book, you will be happy with this episode. I love quotes. Yeah, well, it gives a really... It just helps us get into this book better, you know? We established last time, too. She was a brilliant author. She and is. And so her quotes could stand on their own. Well, and that's why I like to pick them, because sometimes instead of me just describing what happened, reading what she wrote just stands alone and makes it so much better. So that's why I put these in here. Um, so let's head on in. So we start off chapter 20. Alina and Mal are taken to a small camp, and Ivan, a powerful Corporal Kai, um, who is very close with the Darkling, let's remember who he is. He was we saw him throughout the book, and he was the um he was the Corporal Kai that after the Volcra attack and the interrogation happened in the Grisha tent, he was the one that dragged Alina out and took her into the coach. And Alina, while she's in the coach, talks about how he might be kind of an ass, but he's also kind of handsome. So, um, yeah, we get to see him again, um, but he is very close with the Darkling. He pretty much does everything that the Darkling wants. So, um, she, um, yeah, Ivan the Powerful um, Corporal Kai um, takes Alina to a tent and ties her up. And um, Alina, during this, pleads with Ivan, trying so hard to get him to see the truth. And which is really sad that he doesn't because he really has. He 
he mentions how his brothers, his father, and his uncle, like so many family members, have died uh, in the King's Wars. And, you know, I get that. He's he's upset because, I mean, the people that live in Ravka and are, are fighting the King's Wars, whether, you know, I mean, they have anything to do with, like, or care about what the king is fighting for. So it is It is sad. I've got a quote here where Alina and Ivan are speaking. Ivan starts off, but this is um, this quote will go back and forth between Ivan and Alina. So Ivan starts out, Yes, everyone is sorry. The king is sorry. The queen is sorry. I'm sorry. But only the Darkling will do something about it. It doesn't have to be this way, Ivan. My power could be used to destroy the fold. Ivan shook his head. The Darkling knows what has to be done. He'll never stop. You know that. Not once he's had a taste of that kind of power. I'm the one wearing the collar now, but eventually it will be all of you, and there won't be anyone or anything strong enough to stand in his way. A muscle twitched in Ivan's jaw. Keep talking treason, and I'll gag you, he said, and without another word, he strode out of the tent. So... That kind of gives us an idea of, like, you know, how what's going on in Ivan's head. I mean, he really is so close to the Darkling. I mean, Alina just trying to talk to him about it. Um, he all of a sudden is calling her, like, I mean, a traitor or that she's she's going to be doing treason and just by having this conversation. So Alina goes on and ponders um, in the dark uh, about how she has pretty much caused this whole conundrum. Um, going back to the fact that she did not kill the stag. She had that opportunity and she didn't. And she kind of wonders what would be different if I had just actually been able to do that. And we talked about that last episode about how hard that could have been. Um, One, Alina wanted Mal to kill her. And two, then Alina's also put in the situation of having to kill a beautiful stag, Um, even though there's power connected to it. I still think that that would be just an incredibly hard decision to make. So going on, that night Alina dreams of the Darkling killing the stag, but instead of the stag's blood on the snow, it's actually hers. Um, That morning she wakes up to the camp getting ready and pretty much ready to depart. Um, Ivan wants Mal to be drugged by the horses since he is a traitor um, going on this adventure. Um, but the Darkling saves him. The bar- which surprisingly, the dark. Well, sorry, take that back. The Darkling doesn't save him. Darkling says he wants to make sure he's alive when they reach the fold. Um, not really sure why yet, but they depart, head on towards the fold, and Alina starts to think about the Darkling's next moves because this is really getting to the climactic part of this story. So. The Darkling and everybody is going towards the fold. What does he have planned? And she kind of has an idea, but is he about to march the Sand Skiffs and extend the fold to the north, which would be going into Fjorda? Or would he be marching it down south, which would be going into the Shuhand? So it's really good questions. We don't know, um, or she doesn't know. So they travel, and... um, Alina and Ivan get in the Darkling's coach and actually travel for just a couple days by themselves in there. And um, Alina, Alina's just getting, she's sad. She's scared. She's alone. She doesn't, ha- she doesn't know what's going on really with Mal. And just everything has fallen apart for her. So there's, 
I don't know. I just couldn't imagine what she's going through right now. When they do finally reach Kribirsk, the Darkling comes and gets her from the coach and tells her that when she meets the other Grisha, not to mention anything about her running away. So this is interesting because everyone, I guess, apparently thinks that she's just been in seclusion praying and getting ready for her trip across the Shadowfold when actually she bolted because Bagra helped her out. Um, I just find that so crazy that, I mean, you know, no one else knew. So we find out that the Darkling's reasoning actually is for keeping it a secret is because if word had gotten out, the Fjordan assassins would have found her and killed her instantly. So, you know, I understand that in a way where the Darkling is like, you know, we, you couldn't, I didn't want people to get out. I didn't want people to know that you got out. One, because it would also make him look bad that he lost the one and only Sun Summoner. Ugh, that wouldn't work. So the Darkling then starts to talk to Alina about her feelings towards Mal. Here's a quote, and this is coming from the Darkling. Just what kind of life do you think you could have with him, Alina? He's Okazatya. He can never hope to understand your power, and if he did, he'd only come to fear you. There's no ordinary life for people like you and me. I'm nothing like you, I said faintly. His lips curled in a tight, bitter smile. Of course not, he said courteously. Then he knocked on the roof of the coach, and it rolled to a stop. When we arrive, you'll say your hellos, then plead exhaustion and retire to your tent. And if you do anything reckless, I will torture the tracker until he begs me to take his life. So there we go. Alina screwed because he's now got Mal as a way for him to pull at her and get what he wants out of her. And so he vanishes and um, she rides the rest of, of the way into Krabirsk alone in the coach. When she arrives, she gets to actually be greeted by some friends, you know, Ivo, Marie, and Sergey. Um, so I'm sure they're just like, woo, our girl's coming back. We can't wait to see her. And they're expecting this, like, beautiful sun summoner. She's been praying, fasting. She's been doing keto, you know, all the things that she needs to do to be able to be ready. But that hasn't been happening. Not so what all. do we get? Yeah, exactly. Not at all. We get an exhausted pale down. she's her, tired she is she's probably got split ends she's and beat. she just hasn't been able to bathe well well no i take that back I, she probably was able to bathe when she first got with the grisha camp but still nonetheless she's not looking the best right now <clears throat> so all the grisha do start to like fiend overlooking at her forever bracelet which is what we called it last episode her amplifier and um what i think is important here is included in those grisha is zoya and um oh my god i love zoya zoya i i know she's a bitch in this story but my people that are rereading and love grisha verse we know she plays some big parts further in the story and also in some of the other the other stories. I mean, she's amazing in King of Scars. So, anyway, she's a brat here. We'll go on. So, back to the Grisa verse. She is, um, Alina is taken to a private tent of her own where she's given fresh clothes. And um, she notices, actually, with um, the new clothes that they've laid out a blue kefta for her. She's actually now going to be wearing summoner colors, which is not the typical of what she had been wearing, which was her sleek black kefta, which I loved. I hate what it means, but 
loved it. Um, she stays in her tent, kind of, I guess, like just wandering around trying to figure out what's going on. She can't leave because she's got guards. And it says here that she stays in there for days, um, wondering why the Darkling is taking so long. Um, what is he waiting on? And finally, on the fourth night, she gets a visitor. Knock, knock. And who is it? It is her girl, Jenya. And we find out that Jenya knows that she did run away and also informs her that Bagra has not been seen since. That's horrifying. I don't even know. Like, the Darkling, what a... I mean, he's got some power and he's got some anger. Who knows what he did to his mother? Because I'm sure he just... He just looks at her in such a dark way. Um, but we'll find out. We know that. So Alina takes a chance and tries to get Jenya to get word to the king just about the Darkling. She's hoping that Jenya might go to the king and tell tell him what actually is going on. And Jenya tells her that the king has actually taken ill. And dun-dun-dun, Mr. Creeper Pants, the apparat has taken his place. Ugh! Ugh! He gives me the creeps. Oh, my God. He gives me the creeps. Just the name. Well, and he's just so creepy the way that he's been through this entire story. and um, He's always lurking. Well, exactly. It's He is always lurking. So, got another quote for y'all. My heart sank. I remember what the Darkling had said the day that I'd met the Apparat. He has his uses. And yet the priest hadn't just spoken of toppling kings, but darklings as well. Had he been trying to warn me? If only I'd been less fearful. If only I'd been more willing to listen. More regrets to add to my long list. I didn't know if the apparat was truly loyal to the darkling, or if he might be playing a deeper game. And now there was no way to find out. The hope that the king might have the desire or will to oppose the Darkling had been a slim one, but it had given me something to hold on to over the last few days. Now that hope was undone. And Alina notices, actually, that Jenya is wearing a red kefta, corporal kaikala. Uh-huh. And not only that, she's also got some of the embroidery that is in blue. So that is, like, a new combination. Haven't seen that one before. And, um... Alina starts to wonder, though, what has Jenya done to be given these colors? Because we have to remember, Jenya was in all white. She was the king and queen's bitch. She just did everything for them. She didn't really do much with the Darkling. It was all about taking care of of the king and queen. So obviously now something bigger has happened. Alina tries to tell Jenya that the rumors she has heard are all true, and Jenya's response is, it must have to be done. Wow. So everybody's drinking the Darkling's Kool-Aid. Um, Jenya used to work for the King and the Queen, but now for the Darkling. Um, and the Darkling has taken her for himself. So it's kind of scary. We really just, I don't know, that keeps bothering me. But anyways, Jenya tells Alina that David is sorry and feels like he's destroyed all of Ravka. Alina forgives him, and Jenya ends up leaving the tent in tears. And, you know, about this David thing and him having to be the person that put the collar on, I mean, that is a—I'm sure that was so sad for him. He didn't want to do it, I'm sure. It, I'm sure he just—it was his commander. He had nothing else to do. He had to do it. And 
I don't know. Something to think about. Some people just blindly follow orders. Well, exactly. And in times of war and things like that, I mean, sometimes you just unfortunately have to. And that uh, would have been a very bad decision for him to make. To not field. to? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he would have probably just gotten killed. Exactly. So, so he saved his own life. Saved his life, but now is um about to kill many other people. <laughs> um. So, going on to chapter one, here we are. Hope y'all enjoying. Um, Ivan coming, comes and gets Alina and takes her to the Darkling's tent and to have an intimate conversation. The Darkling tells Alina to speak. She says she doesn't have anything to say to the Darkling. Tells her if she wants to save the boy, she will speak. So, hmm. She pleads with him to send Mal away. And the Darkling is confused on why she would run off and care about Mal so much when she has this magnificent power that he gave her. And that's how he sees it. He sees that he gave her this magnificent power. But at the same time, she's got this collar on and can't use her own damn power. Um, She comments on how she actually is a slave now. Because she is. Um, I, I see that completely true. He is... He is just, he's got her power now. I got another quote. Darkling says, you chose to turn your back on your country, on everything that you are. That isn't fair. Fairness, he laughed. Still, she talks of fairness. What does fairness have to do with any of this? The people curse my name and pray for you, but you're the one who was ready to abandon them. I'm the one who will give them power over their enemies. I'm the one who will free them from the tyranny of the king. And give them your tyranny in return? Someone has to lead, Alina. Someone has to end this. Believe me, I wish there were another way. He sounded so sincere, so reasonable. Less a creature of relentless ambition than a man who believed he was doing the right thing for his people. Despite all he'd done and all he intended, I did almost believe him. Almost. Well, that's some interesting stuff there. I just think the darkling is he's just showing his true colors and i think he's definitely a manipulative little person and yeah now we're finding out exactly what he's about i mean i think it's coming to a head now yeah and i mean we've got to remember alina's journey and all this she was practically falling in love with him which i mean i don't know i'm sorry falling in love is the wrong thing all the grisha had a pulling it towards the darkling it said in the book i mean they all had this pull towards him so i think that had a lot to do with it but she still had like she hadn't been noticed for a long time and then the darkling took her in his hands and i mean helped mold her shape her a little bit and give her some happiness you know i mean she was learning how to be herself um and that power was really what knocked it in so They then go back to the conversation about Mal. We're always talking about Mal. And the Darkling makes Alina beg for him, which she gladly does. And um, the Darkling asks, why should should I spare him? And that's what all this is about. Uh, Quote here, I had only one thing with which to bargain, and it was so little, but I pressed on. 
I have no choice but to serve you. But if Mal comes to harm, I will never forgive you. I will fight you any way that I can. I will spend every waking minute looking for a way to end my life, and eventually I'll succeed. But show him mercy, let him live, and I will serve you gladly. I will spend the rest of my days proving my gratitude. I nearly choked at the last word. So yeah, she's playing her game too. She she really, well, not necessarily a game. I think she's sincere in this. She really cares about Mal so much and wants him to live. And so much that she would just spend the rest of the days with the Darkling. And then the Darkling comes in. Fiona would have loved this, I think. The Darkling kisses her. But this kiss is revolting to Alina. And um, so they just continue to talk. They're really just having this in-depth conversation going back and forth. But in here, um, after she pleads with him, giving him that suggestion, you know, I will do this for you. I will give you my gratitude and stay with you if you save Mal. He says this, and I I effing love this line. This is one of my favorite Darkling lines. It's very small, might mean nothing to you all, but for me, I just loved it, and maybe it's just because the way I pictured it, and it's just mercy. He said the word as if he were tasting something unfamiliar. I could be merciful. I just love the Darkling saying that, just because it's just, to me, I'm getting a lot of his character, like, it's an inkling of a thought, like, oh, well, you know, I could do that, and in his snarky little crazy way um anyways going on the darkling commands that ivan take alina to see mal and right now you think oh my god he's about to like actually do what alina said Uh -uh. that is absolutely wrong um we find out that he is taking alina to go see mal because it'll be her last night because he plans on feeding mal to the volcra volcra on the fold tomorrow so, of course, we got Alina bawling and crying and flipping out. Ugh. Which, understand. So, Ivan takes Alina to see Mal. As they walk through the camp, Alina can also tell that some of the soldiers um, are jumpy. And I'm guessing it's probably because they're about to go on the fold. Um, I would be jumpy, too. And, I mean, that's happening tomorrow, so scary. And um, when Alina gets to his cell, Ivan tells her that she has the night to be with him. Which is really nice. I really didn't see that coming. I thought that maybe she'd have like, I don't know, two, three minutes. But no, they're going to let them spend the night together. And um, this is hard. Alina tells him pretty much the truth. Just says, you know what? I She's not going to say it this way. I'm paraphrasing it. But I mean, she pretty much just tells him that I mean, he's going to get killed tomorrow. I mean, and what not an easy thing to say to the one that you love. Um, but, you know, truth is... I mean, it's better than lying. I mean, she's got to tell the truth. So they talk all night about their wonderful memories of growing up together. It's cute. And now I'm going to finish this chapter out with a quote. We fell asleep on the floor, cheeks pressed together through the bars, hands clasped tight. I didn't want to sleep. I wanted to savor every last moment with him. But I must have dozed off because I dreamed again of the stag. This time, Mal was beside me in the glade, and it was his blood in the snow. The next thing I knew, I was working, I was waking to the sound of the gate being opened above us and Ivan's footsteps on the stairs. Mal had made me promise not to cry. He'd said it would only make it harder on him. So I swallowed my tears. I kissed him one last time and let Ivan lead me away. So, moving into 
action-filled chapter 22. Yes. Hey, husband, how are you feeling? I'm with it. Okay, because I know that this part is like, this is an action part, so I'm guessing like this is probably one of your favorite parts, right? Are you, do you I, like this part a lot? I like action parts, yeah. Okay, well, just making sure. Haven't heard a lot from you over there. Am I just blabbing on too much and you just don't have a time to like... Yeah, just wait for the right moment to come in there. Oh, well, thank you. Well, anyways, y'all. Um, so let's get back into this. We're, I can't believe we're finishing this. This is crazy. Chat, um, episode eight, and we are finishing this book. Um, it's just awesome. I have so much fun doing this. So, um, back in chapter 22, next morning, Jenya comes to help Alina get dressed. And, um, it's not the blue kefta. It is the fabulous black kefta. Um, the one that she wore at the winter fate. Um, Jenya also pins up her hair. Um, so I'm guessing this is just because also everybody wants to see that beautiful forever bracelet, that huge amplifier um, around her neck. Jinya then drops Alina off to Ivan, who then takes her to the Darkling. Um, and no words have been exchanged. Seems very silent mouse to me. No one's really talking. Um, they're just... it's. It's the morning of going into the shadow fold, which is horrifying. So everybody's pretty quiet. They um they then walk to the sand skiff, which is bigger and better than anything that Alina has seen before. This sand skiff is massive, and it has the Darkling emblem all over it, which is that beaut. I love his emblem. The um, it's the um sun and eclipse. It's just beautiful. So, anyways. The Darkling and Alina go to the front of the skiff, which, I'm sorry, when I first read this a long time ago, it just reminded me of, I'm the king of the world, you know, from Titanic. <laughs> I'm such a dork. So on the sand skiff, there are also other people up there. Um, we have the Fjordan ambassadors, the Shuhan delegates, and Kirch tradesmen, and an envoy of the king. So... Now we get to realize why the Darkling has been delaying this so long. He has needed to wait for everyone to show up. And that's horrifying when you think about it because what is he about to do? We're going to find out. So um, the Squallers lift up their arms. They get the skiff moving and they enter the fold. Here's a quote. The first time I'd entered the fold, I'd feared the darkness and my own death. Now, darkness was nothing to me, and I knew that soon death would seem like a gift. I'd always known I would have to return to the unsee, but as I looked back, I realized that some part of me had anticipated it. I had welcomed the chance to prove myself, and I cringed when I thought of it, to please the darkling. I had dreamed of this moment standing by his side. I had wanted to believe in the destiny he'd laid out for me, that the orphan no one wanted would change the world and be adorned for it. So that's just her thinking, and oh my gosh. um, So after they're drifting for some time, and it's they're just in pitch black right now, and... The Darkling commands the Inferni to use their powers and to shoot their blazing fire out into the dark air. And why is he doing that? Because he's announcing to the Volker, they are here, girl. They are here. 
Mm-hmm. Sashay. Away. Come on. Bring it. So, Volker are coming down the runway, and um, we are ready for it. Well, they're not. <laughs> I am. They're probably horrified. They're cringing, freaking out, crying. But um, anyways, the Volker come, and everybody does start getting a bit jittery. And they there's some people that are praying. There's some people that are crying. And, I mean, it's a big, scary shit show, I would think, that's going on on this skiff right now. So got another quote. And this is, um, this is important because, you know, if you know me, I love backstory stuff. So you'll understand this in a second. The quote, Bagra had claimed that the Volcra had once been men and women, victims on the, uh, of the unnatural power unleashed by the Darkling's greed. It might have been my mind playing tricks, but I thought I heard something not just horrible but human in their cries. And I just love that because – that is the story. The Volcra supposedly were the men and the women of, like, when the Shadowfold was being created. Um, the cities that were decimated by creating the Shadowfold from the Darkling, the Black Heretic, the same person. So that's I just scary, but so cool at the same time. Right as the Volcra come upon them, finally the Darkling grips Alina's arm and commands. Now is what he says. Now, let's remember something, okay? The power that Alina already has is strong. Not only that now, she also has Moritzova's stag amplifier, which makes her more powerful. But also on top of that, the Darkling himself is an amplifier. So we've got like triple, quadruple, so much power um, that is about to shoot out of Alina, and she can't control any of it. And um, It's going to be big. It is. So, and also, you guys love me because I love the parts that describe the magic. So here we go with another quote. That invisible hand took hold of the power inside me, and I felt it stretch, reaching through the darkness of the fold, seeking the light. It came to me with a speed and fury that nearly knocked me from my feet, breaking over me in a shower of brilliance and warmth. The fold was alight and bright as noon, as if it impenetrable darkness had never been i saw a long reach of blanched sand hulks of what looked like shipwrecks dotting the dead landscape and above it all a teeming flock of volcra they screamed in terror their withering gray bodies gruesome in the bright sunlight this is the truth of him i thought as i squinted in the day's dazzling light like calls to like this was his soul made flesh, the truth of him laid bare in the blazing sun, shone of mystery and shadow. This was the truth behind the handsome face and the miraculous powers, the truth that was the dead and empty space between the stars, a wasteland peopled by frightened monsters. And that is just so deep because there we go, going on into what the Darkling really is. I love that they bring it into light calls to like and the Volcra and him, their connection and how he just, the Darkling is this beautiful figure, but he has history. He's been alive for so long. He is this old man um, in this beautiful body, but has so much hatred in just, he just wants power. He wants power and now he's got it. And um, so, the Darkling has her use her power to channel a path for them to go through. Um, so that way, there's kind of like this big orb 
going over the sand skiff. And the Volcra can't get through because it, it's light. So they've just got this pathway. Well, as they start floating along, what do they see? They all of a sudden start to see West Ravka. And they see the town of Novokrabirsk. Sorry for the kind of stumble over that a little bit. Novokrabirsk. And can also see the towers of Ozkervo in the distance. People are gathering on the dry docks amazed at what they see because they're seeing all of a sudden like light coming from the shadow fold and the sand skiff coming towards them. I mean, I could just imagine living in that town and seeing that. I mean, they live right on the edge of the shadow fold and all of a sudden seeing like this big bulb of light coming through it, something they hadn't seen before. And right as she sees the people and sees the people on the dry docks, Alina all of a sudden starts to, I think, understand what's going on. And she sees what the Darkling is about to do. Um, I think also is a little hesitant, like, is he really this evil? Like, is he really about to do this? Because we have to remember, these are Ravkins. These aren't just anybody. Like, these are the people of Ravka. So here we go with a a quote, starting off with Alina. They're your own people, I cried desperately. He ignored me and brought his hands together with a sound like a clap of thunder. It all seemed to happen slowly. Darkness rippled out from his hands. When it met the darkness of the fold, a rumbling sound rose up out of the the dead sands. The black walls of the path I'd created pulsed and swelled. It's like it's breathing, I thought in terror. The rumble grew to a roar. The fold shook and trembled around us and then burst forward in a terrible cascading tide. A frightened wail went up from the crowd on the docks as darkness darkness rushed toward them they ran and i saw their fear heard their screams as the black fabric of the fold crashed over the dry docks and the village like a breaking wave darkness enveloped them and the volcra set upon their new prey a woman carrying a little boy stumbled trying to outrun the grasping dark but it swallowed her too i reached inside of myself desperately trying to expand the light to drive the volcra off to offer some kind of protection but i could do nothing my power slid away from me pulled from me by that invisible taunting hand i wished for a knife to drive into the Darkling's heart, into my own heart, anything that would make this stop. The Darkling turned to look at the, at the ambassadors and the king's envoy. Their faces, faces were identical masks of horror and shock. Whatever he saw there must have satisfied him, because he separated his hands and the darkness stopped pushing forward. The rumbling faded. Holy balls, guys. That's just terrifying and it yeah he is that evil he is he's he's a villain and by the way when i'm talking about this i also am loving the darkling i i kind of love it when he gets like bad like this just because i think villains are the best characters and if you've been listening then you know that so i've repeated it plenty of times so i'm gonna stop you know i like villains so cool but also scary um so today west ravka became a new part of the shadow fold Tomorrow it could be Fjorda, it could be the Shuhan. The Darkling is very powerful. Um, But he is only powerful because of what? Alina. That is how he has this power. So that's pretty interesting. I mean, he can't do it without her. So power, women, power. So 
Anyways, the envoy begins to rebuttal, and the Darkling says the king will do as he's told, or the Shadowfold will be marched right up to Oz Alta, which is where we know the palace is. And the Darkling has this quote here. I think you understand me now. There are no Ravkins, no Fjordans, no Kirch, no Shuhan. There are no more borders, and there will be no more wars. From now on, there is only the land inside the fold and outside of it, and there will be peace. So when you first read that, you think like, oh, okay, so he's kind of being nice. But when you really know the history of what's going on here, no. he, This evil man has control over this, and he's, he's, not, he's in it for the power. And he just killed thousands of people just to prove a point, not only people— people of his own country that he's supposedly fighting for. And this is just such a, like, a split country. It's not a split country. It's just, well, it is. There's the Grisha that are really following him and, like, understand what he's doing and the people that have just been so upset by the people they've lost and the wars that have been going on. And I sympathize with that. I understand that. But then there's also, there's other ways to do it. And, you know, there are these other countries, and they've got people too. Anyways, that's more on a political subject. So maybe for <laughs> Grisha versus political news, we'll get into that. But <laughs> so the Darkling now commands that the traitor stays, and Ivan shoves him off of the side of the sand, sk- sand skiff. And Mal is just, he's thrown off. He's in, he's in the sand, he's still in the light, um, and he's still in that protective circle. But, of course, Alina is flipping out. I mean, this is not what they agreed to, um, but why would the Darkling do that? I mean, we knew that he was going to be bad, so he's not going to go with what Alina says. So then, of course, what does the Darkling do? He commands Alina to start using her power to pull back the light, inching it closer and closer to their sand skiff and further getting Mal to be out of that light. So it just keeps on inching. And and unfortunately, what's out there is the Volcra. So it's horrifying. She's completely, Alina's completely powerless over the Darkling's commands right now. And sadly, the darkness consumes Mal and Alina flips out. Here is a quote. Only I had the power to save him, and I was powerless to save him. In the next breath, the darkness swallowed him. I heard him scream. The memory of the stag reared up before me, so vivid that for a moment the snowy glade swam in my vision. The image of it transposed over the barren landscape of the fold. I smelled the pines, felt the chill air on my cheeks. I remembered the stag's dark liquid eyes, the plume of his breath in the cold air, the moment when I knew that I would not take his life. And finally, I I understood why the stag had come to me every night in my dreams. I'd thought the stag was haunting me, a reminder of my failure and the price my weakness would exact. But I was wrong. The stag had been showing me my strength, not just the price of mercy, but the power it bestowed. And mercy was something the Darkling would never understand. I had spared the stag's life. The power of that life belonged to me as surely as it belonged to the man who had taken it. I gasped 
as understanding flooded through me, and I felt that invisible grip falter. My power slid back into my hands. Once more, I stood in Bagra's hut, calling the light for the first time, feeling it rush toward me, taking possession of what was rightfully mine. This was what I had been born for. I would never let anyone separate me from it again. Woo! Go, girl! Bringing it down. Yes, it is all with her. It It's just amazing. Yes, she's got her power back, and she realizes it, and I just love how that comes together because she has been dreaming about this stag and thinking it literally is just like this nightmare, and it would be. Um, you know, seeing this poor animal, they, like, ugh, just so sad. So, anyways, great part. Um, and the Darkling doesn't understand. He's losing his... Um, shit, because he's trying so hard. He's like, what? My hand's not working? What happened to that invisible hand? Um, it ain't working, girl. So, the Darkling's men try to seize Alina, um, because obviously now she's got her power back. Um, and they, um, all of a sudden, we see something kind of cool happen. Alina reaches inside, and what does she perform? She performs the cut. A mast of the skiff splits in half, and the people are screaming. And this is just really cool for me because I always thought the Darkling's move of the cut was so cool, and that I thought it also, when I was first reading it, it only belonged to him. But no, mm -mm. Alina's got it, and she performed it. And um, Alina cries towards the Grisha and the people, begging them to see what the Darkling has done just is evil and a world revised in his image is is just what are they is what they're about to get and he wants she wants them to see that she just she's trying to get them to understand that i mean if we follow if you follow the darkling this exactly is going to happen this is what's going to happen everyone unfortunately is silent and i'm thinking just too scared to do anything so what does our girl say F it. She lets her light go out, which then whew, helps her get off the skip, skiff, and she runs towards Mal. And everybody's running around in darkness. You hear the Volcra attacking, people screaming, which I'm sure is hurtful for Alina, too, because, I mean, it's a lot of people that, I mean, she still could care about them. They just are brainwashed a little bit. Alina and Mal then get away safely. They run, leaving the Darkling, the Grisha, and all the passengers of the skiff behind. So, there you have it, folks. They got away. And um, Alina and Amal escape and get out of the Shadowfold. They make it to the True Sea and um, find new clothes to wear. And Mal finds a scarf for Alina to wear so she can cover up her collar and explains that they will they will find a way to get that collar off. Well, all of a sudden, here is a quote, and from Alina. No, I said sharply, surprised by how much the idea upset me. Mal recoiled, taken aback. We can't get rid of it, I explained. It's Ravka's only chance to be free of the shadow fold. It was the truth, just not all of it. We did need the collar. It was insurance against the darkling strength and a promise that someday we'd return to Ravka and find a way to set things right. But what I couldn't tell Mal was that the collar belonged to me, that the stag's power felt like a part of me now, and I wasn't sure I wanted to let it go. Ugh, 
Beautiful. Love it. And we end this chapter with Mal and Alina. They take their old clothes, the kefta and all of that, and they burn it. So that's an end to that chapter. And so going on to the very last part, which is called After, Mal and Alina are on a ship. So this is written in a different um, perspective. So kind of like the before and after are just written differently. Um, And I like it. It's from just like a different point of view. So it's not exactly Alina and Mal sharing their story um, from their perspective. It's just written as if we're watching it. So Mal and Alina are on a ship sailing across the sea. And um, here's a quote from it that rumors began to reach them of strange happenings in Ravka. They heard that the apparat had disappeared, that foreign troops were massing on the borders, that the first and second armies were threatening to go to war with each other, that the sun summoner was dead. They waited to hear word of the darkling's death on the fold, but it never came. So I love that because that's just kind of given us a little intro into what's going on in Ravka, what what happened there. So Alina has nightmares now of the people that she stranded on the skift, which I completely understand. I mean, we know Alina's character, and, um, you know, she's not a bad person. So she probably is having nightmares of just that night of that day and just remembering, I mean, just thinking about all those people, the people that really didn't have anything to do with the whole situation and unfortunately might have died. We don't know. That's the thing. We don't know what actually happened. Um, And the end of this book, the way it describes it is that they both don't have a home anymore, but they do have a new home with one another. And it's so sweet. So that is the end of the book. Now, I want to bring up something. So when I first read these, I read them all on my Kindle. And that's where this ended. But when I picked up the actual version of it, I mean the actual hardback, there is bonus material. I'm not going to take a long time on this, but there's a letter from Mal in there. So I'm sure a lot of you guys even already know about this, but I didn't. I was really surprised by it. I was like, oh, my God, I never read that. And I literally like just saw this maybe a couple months ago because I've just been reading it out of my Kindle for so long. Um, so... Just to summarize Mal's letter, which really there's not that much. It's a letter from Mal, obviously, to Alina. Um, Pretty much it's written while he is with Dubrov and Michael, and it's when they're going off to hunt the stag, and he just talks about that a little bit more. It's it's nothing really too exciting. Um, It's kind of sad knowing that she didn't get this letter because it does say in the beginning, like this is a lost letter. And, um, he also kind of obviously is telling her in this, how you can tell how much he cares about her in this, in this bonus material. So, um, anyways, we are about to go into Grisha cast news. Do, 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 do. Did you guys like that? I'm so happy I found that sound clip. Mm-hmm. Thanks, y'all. More to come. So, in Grisha cast news, um, Lee put out a tweet, and this is amazing. This made me so happy. I was, oh my god. Um, Lee is working on the sequel to King of Scars, y'all. So that is 
obviously part of the Grishaverse, and King of Scars was amazing, so I cannot wait. Um, she's also, she said it this way, she's also working on a small, weird Grishaverse side project, code name Blood and Miracles, question mark. Hmm. Don't know what that is, but still, I'm all about it. Grishaverse, side project, whatever. Call it what you want. Blood and Miracles, bring it on. And she said, next up, sequel to Ninth House, which is amazing because Ninth House was so good. Has nothing to do with the Grishaverse, but what an incredible read, especially since we love Lee so much and her diving into adult, adult books and writing. She just slam dunk she's getting really well known for that too um i'm I'm so happy and proud of her so other grisha cast news ben barnes had an interview in gq uk um i thought it was going to have quite a bit of information because they really headed headed the um article that he speaks about shadow and bone but he really didn't he just shared that about that he is playing the darkling and a general and um how he doesn't really know if he's a method actor or not but didn't get anywhere into it just the fact that when this interview was happening he was shooting the show so not really newsworthy because it really didn't have anything in there for us but i'll take it um and part of news is also figuring out some rumors this is a rumor and i've actually heard this one before so season one of our show that we know is coming out shadow and bone that's going to be appearing on netflix at the end of 2020 so supposedly it's going to be covering book one and also it's going to have a prequel to six of crows so it's not going to be i'm interested in that because a prequel we haven't read yet so that must be to me kind of maybe getting to know some of the characters um i don't know it's exciting because i mean they're two totally different separate stories i wonder if they're going to be conjoined at all um and how that will happen but you know you're all as excited as i am um also it's um rumored that not all of the characters of six or crows will appear in the first season kind of like we know the first season of the shadow and bone and the story of shadow and bone, we will not have all the care. Like Nikolai's not going to be a part of that because they're only covering book one. So Nikolai doesn't come around till book two. So anyways, cool stuff. And moving on y'all, we have listener. Thank yous. Yes. We had some thanks. I want to thank from Twitter, Angela at Alita. Thank you so much for your beautiful and sweet comment. And then Dr. Arnett Hamill at Annette Hamill. Thanks, girl. And then on Insta, Sarah at Grisha Faye. You are amazing. You tweeted out that you listened to this. Um, I'm sorry, didn't tweet. You put this on Insta. And you got so much attention for us. And I just thank you so much from the bottom of my heart that you posted that because you got so many other people to see this. And that's something I'm trying to work on so hard is trying to get the word out about this podcast. It's just, it's really, really hard, guys. Um, We have such a big fan base, but trying to reach them is just, it's hard. Um, So I'm just trying everything I can. So if you guys 
by doing things like that. Thank you so much. That means a lot to me. It really did. I think we got like a total of like, I don't know, it was like 20 or 25 new um, followers that day just after that one Insta, Sarah. So thank you so much. And um, so a couple episodes back, I made a game called Feared and Mary Kill. And I actually had one of our listeners send me one they wanted me to do. And this is actually part of one of the girls from the thank yous. This is from Angela at Alita. She sent me the Feared and Mary Kill to do, and it is Bagra, Nikolai, and Jesper. So, oh my God. Like, Angela, that's really hard. Um, just because I love Nikolai and Jesper so much. I love both of them a lot. Um, and I'm really sitting here thinking about this for the first time. And I love Bagra, but I just automatically know, unfortunately, I'm going to have to kill Bagra because I just know I'm going to have to Fjordan or marry Nikolai. And, oh, what's it going to come down to? I think I'm going to marry Nikolai and Fjordan Jesper. I'm happy with that. Yeah, because, oh, my God. Ooh, a Fjordan with Jesper, and then, hey, getting to marry Nikolai, that means that you get to Fjordan all the time, right? So, win-win. Um, and in next week, what do we got going on? We are starting the new book. We a are new coming chapter in, in a new book. Yes, we are. Thanks, guys, so much that we got to finish Shadow and Bone together. And now we get to start... Siege and Storm, which is so exciting because I actually have not reread this one in a while. Um, so I'm excited. And what we're going to do, so get ready. We're going to read the before chapter through chapter three. So stop when you get to chapter four. So we're going to cover before through chapter three. And next week, we will also have our new host, my best girl pal, my best friend in the whole world. She's going to bring it, and we're just going to have so much fun. So I'm I'm really excited about it. And I just want to thank you guys so much. We just finished a book that's huge. We just, like, we did, this is episode eight, and you guys are still listening and hanging in there and enjoying it. And just continue to do what you're doing. If you haven't gone to the iTunes podcast and reviewed us, please do. Um, please make a comment. Um, that's great. Please reach out to me on these socials. Um, I would love to hear from you. I know some of you are, but if you haven't, please do. Let me know what you think. Um, I'd, I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to hear if you have any Fjord and Mary kills. I would love to do more because I just think they're so fun. And, um, yeah, so... However you want to reach out, whether it be the Gmail account, Insta or Twitter or Facebook, whatever, um, reach out. I'd love to hear from you. And again, thank you so much for hanging in with us. And let's get ready for next week. We're going to read Siege and Storm. Okay, guys. I love y'all so much. Bye, summoners. This has been GrishaCast. You may email us at grishapodcast at gmail.com. On Instagram at GrishaCast and on Twitter at at Grisha Podcast. And on Facebook, Grisha Cast.